Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Massachusetts, a special edition of the Ken and Curtis Show, followed by Rob Bradford today on location 2024 Red Sox Winter Weekend. Curtis, you made it. I'm proud of you. A big day. It is so easy to get here from Southie. It's an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, well, you I drive mean, about 105. Well, you know, <laughs> I drive safely, and we have Sam Kennedy and Tom Warner off the start. And I have yep. to say, I really love huge crowd, and I like the, the slogan for 2024, at least we're not the Patriots. I thought that was a little, <laughs> uh, a little much, but uh, no, it's a, it is a great scene here, and I am just, I, I can't wait to get to Port Myers at the end of the month. It's been tumultuous, Sam. Yesterday you made some news with the comments about the payroll going down a bit. We were talking briefly right before we came on. I'm curious about that specifically. Our company, many companies, are still digging out from post-pandemic situations. What type of impact did that have on your business, and is that still something you guys are climbing out of? Yeah, without question. And again, our fans don't necessarily want to hear about the business of baseball. They want to hear about the baseball and and who's going to be on the club and what the expectations are. But you know, it, it, look, the impact of the pandemic, the impact of um, a more difficult environment with respect to television rights, and you see what's going on, you see what's happened in the radio industry, um, the sports business has been uh, under pressure. But in no way um, does that uh, make any excuses for the performance or lack thereof that we've had on the field three out of the last four years. Finishing in last place is not acceptable to the guy sitting to my right. It's not acceptable to John Henry nor anyone in the Fenway Sports Group partnership. So we need to fix things. We need to make sure we're, we're building this growing young core of players that is going to lead us to that next great Red Sox team. And we will. We will be active and engaged in free agency and bringing in star players from the outside. We didn't match up this offseason on sort of those tour really big ticket items and, and we own that that's on us it was not for a lack of trying um we did stay disciplined we went to our our threshold we didn't get there uh but you've heard from craig breslow he has a plan we're very confident in him and excited about the 2024 club 
Can Tom, I just add to that? We are determined to improve this year, and we are determined to win. And also, we do have the resources. Uh, one of the reasons that uh, we're so excited about Craig is that he's focusing not just on, on the players that we have, but how to improve our entire minor league system so that we can have a competitive team year in and year out. Uh, things that, that we all know is like last year, I think around the 1st of July, we were 10 games above 500, but we didn't have sufficient pitching depth. And so we, we finished the season poorly. We are focused on not just improving the pitching that we have, but how to teach them to be better. Hiring Andrew Bailey, I think, will be a huge improvement. Getting the players to understand what their roles are will be important. And so, you know, I'm confident. I'm confident that we're going to be competitive this year. Tom, for the average fan who equates payroll to willingness to win, what would you say to that fan that looks at the, the dollar figure alone? Well, the first thing is, if you look at who won the World Series the last five years, um, the team with the highest payroll didn't win. Last year, the team with the highest three payrolls didn't even get to postseason. Um, so the correlation is, is not particularly strong. That doesn't mean, by the way, that at the appropriate time we won't go out and spend a lot of money for a, a star player. You know, we did it for Trevor Story. Uh, we obviously did it to extend Rafi Devers for 10 or 11 years. And so we're, we're, we, we have the resources to do it. But uh, I would just caution people that, you know, the, the key to any success is a bunch of things, including luck. But I think you've got to start with homegrown talent. That has always been the key to our success. And if you look around... Um, our, our team uh, there's a lot of, of really important pieces look at our infield you know we've got Tristan Cassis at first base who is a budding all-star Vaughn Grissom who everybody says is, is, is a, a terrific talent hopefully a, a healthy Trevor Story and if he's healthy defensively we're going to just improve um, and obviously Rafi Devers at third just one last thing and then I feel like I'm going on for a long time I asked somebody in our front office yesterday how many games he thinks we would have won if we had just been average defensively last year not the top of the league but average he said nine or ten games so that would have been enough for us to make postseason if we had just had an average defensive team so, you know, there's a lot of, of pieces that go into success. And, and I'm not saying uh, a high payroll isn't important, but we, we, do, we, we do have the resources. And, Tom, we, you know, we were talking, uh, Ken and I, before the show about the Alex Corey. He'll be joining us, I think, in a half hour. And fan favorite, maybe the most popular member of the organization. Uh, and we had a full season with the Patriots where I was – asking bill and waiting for the patriots to publicly say you know we support bill belichick it never came and then you know bill's on his own way reportedly alex scores in the final year of his deal none of us would know either way is there anything that you guys could say that could further sort of illuminate us into what his future is and if it is his last year of his contract is that something you're working to rectify before the start of the season I, I can take that one, Chris. Um, look, Alex Cora is uh, is a fan favorite. He's also an internal favorite um, of our ownership. He's a World Series champion. Um, however, the most important thing 
uh, in leadership and in management is to have proper chain of command and roles and responsibilities. When we hired Craig Breslow, we sat down with Alex uh, and went through the process and said, look, we are going to bring in a new leader of baseball operations. That leader of baseball operations is going to be responsible for addressing your situation, your contract. The manager works for the chief baseball officer. They are off to a great start. They're building a relationship um, around trust. They had a pre-existing relationship. So I'm very optimistic that that relationship um, will continue to to grow and and lead to a place where uh, Alex is around for a long time, assuming he wants to be and assuming that's what Craig wants. But that is Craig Breslow's decision. Um, That's part of our job and ownership and management uh, is to make sure that we have the proper sort of line of authority and chain of command. We're joined by Chairman Tom Warner and Red Sox President Sam Kennedy here from Winter Weekend 2024. Kennedy Carter Show on location at the Mass Mutual Center. Tom, you referenced some of those long-term contracts. This offseason, there was a lot of hype around Yamamoto. Other names have been out there. Is it fair to say the Chris Sale contract was a defining moment of caution for you guys, or did it change your approach to some of these long-term deals? And are you surprised with how this free agency period has gone in terms of some of the money that's been... Uh, has it gone out? Uh, re- regarding Chris Sale, we, uh, Sam and I were just talking on the way over here. We love Chris Sale as a person. He himself would say that he didn't fulfill you know, the, the hopes that he had when he was a Red Sox player. And he felt it was a wonderful organization. It just, it just was a, a, a bunch of lousy circumstances. You know, when you go into the free agent market, you obviously know that uh, you know one of the things about baseball that that is you can argue whether it's good or bad is that uh, players and and uh, and owners have to agree on very very long contracts and the history on that is very mixed um, you know we we have signed a number of free agents and you know I, I don't know what the percentage is Sam could tell you but you know a, a lot of them a lot of them don't work out for, for, for both parties. So you just have to go into, into these situations uh, wide-eyed, uh, sober. And, and our feeling is it's always important to try to extend your homegrown talent. I mean, one of the reasons that we loved extending uh, Rafi for 10 or 11 years is, first of all, we'd seen him. We knew his competitive uh, spirit. Uh, he was, I think, what, 25 or 26 okay. So that, that was a bunch of, of circumstances which were positive. But we, as Sam said, at the right time, we will, we will uh, make a, a, a commitment to a player for a long period of time at, at high dollars. It's just we didn't do it yet in 2024. Uh, on, in terms of not specific players, although there's a big name that's already with another team in, in Shohei, but I, don't, I know you guys can't comment on specific guys. Just the way that contract was structured... If I'm you guys, I'm like, okay, I know you're not selling. I'm not saying you're selling. But if you sign Shohei Otani, all but whatever, 20 million of it was, or 60 million was deferred, and you get to have a huge buzz of bringing in this huge market where he comes in here and he's the biggest star maybe in all of sports, at least definitely in baseball, biggest star in Boston with Tatum maybe, whatever. Why not? Was that something you were ever in, get in, invested in, or the deferred contract structure of that? Is that something that would have appealed to you guys? Just your thought process on how that was structured, and why maybe you guys didn't engage in that? 
Well, the, the structure is allowable under the collective bargaining agreement, so all clubs are able to um, operate within the framework of the CBA, and uh, it was obviously an unprecedented um, structure for a deal. Don't want to get into sort of what we would have done or what we wouldn't have done. Uh, you can understand that, as you, as you mentioned, um, but there's no doubt that this is one of the, if not the greatest player of all time, uh, generational talent, um, and you know their organization will be better off for, for having done it. How the finances are going to work on the back end and, and um, uh, the, the unique structure of it, that's a question for, for Dodgers ownership. But, Tom, we can talk to them about it uh, in Orlando in a couple <laughs> weeks and see, see what they think of it. But, um, look, we're focused on, on what we need to get done here, and um, it wasn't, uh, wasn't a fit for us, uh, which, again, I understand that can be disappointing for, for Red Sox fans, but we move on. Yeah, I work with a guy in Jermaine Wiggins every morning, and he was talking about Shohei, I think, for six straight months. <laughs> so uh, another swing and a miss by Wiggs, but it's okay. Um, I just from my perspective, growing up in Boston, you know, being an observer and fan of the Red Sox my whole life, it felt like when John, Tom, Larry, Sam, when you guys came here, there was this magnetic passion to do something that hadn't been done in generations. You rebuilt Fenway in a way that nobody could have foreseen. The success exceeded almost everybody's wildest expectations. It feels like to me today, what began as a passion has sort of fallen, in, fallen into a chore. Like, I, we don't hear from John as much. We don't see you guys out there as much. It feels like it's, it's not quite the same. Maybe it's just, you know, I'm wrong on a lot of things like Wiggy, but it's just my perception of it. Is that Well, in, I think inaccurate? your perception yeah. is inaccurate. Yeah. We, we, we suffer as much <laughs> at every loss as we've always suffered. We, we embrace... The, the success, our desire to win another championship. I've got five fingers on my hand, and and I want For one now, more until ring. These fans get done <laughs> with one <it>. more <laughs> ring, and and I, I can't wait as a baseball fan. For the start of 2024, the 2023 is the past, and I, I can only tell you, and, and you know, this is, you know, Sam will speak for himself, that John and I, and and everybody in the front office is as excited about the future of the Red Sox as we've always been, proud of what we've done, but hungry for more success. Yeah, I, I would, um, I'd echo that, and I would, I'd point out to you, Chris. I think. Um, your, your point is that these issues come up around lack of focus or it may not be as important. In, it's almost a zero-sum way. And what I mean by that is when you finish last two years in a row, of course those are going to be the questions. We have to acknowledge that and own that. In October of 2021, there was not one bit of discussion around lack of focus uh, there was no discussion of Liverpool or investment in other areas. You know why? Fenway Park was freaking electric. I've never felt Fenway Park the way it felt for that one-game playoff against the Yankees when Xander took Garrett Cole deep. The place almost came down. I know it was 2021. It's a couple years ago. But why? We were winning baseball games. We're playing in October. When we have two sucky seasons like we've had, these are natural questions. We have to take them. But I can tell you, as a kid who grew up less than a mile from Fenway Park, if you think for one second that we aren't passionate, committed, 
dedicated to the Boston Red Sox, you're wrong, you're a liar, and I'll correct you on it. Because it's total BS, and we are committed. We're frustrated. We take it personally. It angers us when we don't win. And we understand their natural questions. But look back in history. These questions come up when we're not performing at the major league level. We have to perform at the major league level, and those questions will go away. But to say that the attention or the commitment or the care isn't there is just flat wrong. And I know you guys have to run, uh, but just a quick follow-up on that, Tom. You made clear last night your ownership group is you're not selling. You're here to stay. Correct? <laughs> That's correct. I hope most fans are happy about that. You know, there was, there was a, a fan, I don't know if you heard this, who said to uh, Sam yesterday, you know, we don't hate you as much as you think we do. <laughs> How was it last night? That's pretty good for a, Bo- a Boston fan. Uh, listen, most, look at the, most of the people here have come up to us and thank us. You know, they, they understand that, that our, our, our desire to win is as strong as ever. They, they love the Boston Red Sox. They're loyal. They're smart. They know that we're excited about uh, what Craig is, is going to accomplish. So, you know, in general, you know, there are people who are going to be haters no matter where you are in life. But I'm grateful for, for the people who have come to Springfield today who are enjoying meeting not just the current squad, but David Ortiz, and, and it was great to see Jonathan Papelbon and, and Pedro Martinez Ted and Laird. Lou Morloni, and, <laughs> yeah. and all these people were here last night. Why are they here? Because we all love the Red Sox. We all love baseball. Thank you both for your time. Thank you, Thank you guys. Sir. Good, Good to Thanks, see you. Man. Tom Warner and Sam Kennedy here on the Ken Curtis Show as we start here from Springfield. So we're going to keep it here. Craig Breslow is coming by here momentarily. So we uh, talked a little bit about Craig Curtis uh, there, his bosses. Gave us a little uh, rundown on the state of affairs. And uh, we're loaded today. Alex Cora, 1030. Our own Lou Merloni, 1115. Pedro Martinez. Thank you, Sam. At 1145. You, were, you would have uh, made this trip just to see Pedro. Uh, I, when I saw the schedule this morning, Ken up at 5.30 this morning texting. What is wrong with you? Um, and I saw Pedro Martinez. Everybody knows my feelings on Tom Brady. They're well established. At their peaks, Pedro was better than Tom Brady in his, in his field. The, wow. the peak of Pedro, 98-99, is unlike anything I've ever seen as a uh, sports fan. Either or, Craig, take your pick. Here's Mr. Breslow. We'll talk to Pedro at 11, uh, 1145. But joining us now, the new chief baseball officer of the Boston Red Sox, the smartest man in baseball, Curtis. You're joined by Craig Breslow. Craig, welcome. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, let's get your mic, your mic up there. There we go. We have it. We just talk, spoke to your bosses, so, uh, you know, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> How's the uh, weekend been going so far? And how was uh, last night? Yeah, no, um, you know, I think I think last night was uh, it, it was really important. It was really meaningful. Uh, you know, I think it was evidence of a really passionate, invested, frustrated fan base, uh, which I understand. We understand. Uh, you know, I think there's a level of accountability that's really important here. Um, but I also think, you know, as you look out here and you see. The people that are that are showing up and uh, you know that are, that are here to, to support the team um, that's equally equally meaningful. So, Craig, you've been local, even though you've been working with the Cubs. Uh, walk us through how you arrived as the chief baseball officer. How did that sort of 
courtship begin with the organization, and uh, you know, what are your feelings today? I mean, kind of got brought into a, a, a <laughs> tough situation here, literally and figuratively. But how did that process evolve for you? Sure. Well, I think uh, I think this process probably started uh, almost 20 years ago when I was uh, I was signed as a, a minor leaguer uh, with the Red Sox back in in 2006, uh, and you know, it was up and down um, for for two years uh but you know a, a very very small part of a 20 uh, a 2007 world series championship team and when i say small i had one day of service time on on the roster in 2007 uh but it was very very clear to me just how important and meaningful this this organization is this franchise is uh to not just uh the the community or the city of boston but to a, a region of the country and i grew up in connecticut um i was on kind of the cusp of the the new york and and, and boston boundary um but uh, you know, bounced around between 2008 and 2012 before coming back here and spending uh, a bulk of my career here in Boston, uh, part of the 2013 World Series championship team, which was uh, you know I think the the, the pinnacle of my career um, and 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 a moment in time that was unbelievably impactful and important to to this part of of the country. Um, and then as uh, as as careers do for journeymen left-handed relievers mine came to a close uh, at the end of the 2018 season and had a chance to explore a number of opportunities and felt like staying in baseball was the right path for me and uh, and, and fortunately had the chance to work for for Theo in the, the front office of the Cubs but given um, you know just how uh, unpredictable and, and unstable my uh, my my career had been to that point felt like it was really important to give my family a, a chance to establish roots somewhere and uh, we had been living just outside Boston uh, since since 2013 so for five years at, at that point and felt like it made sense for uh, for us to stay there while I worked remotely um, got a ton of exposure across all aspects of the front office uh, under Theo and then under Jed and um, you know, kind of oversaw the, the pitching department uh, in Chicago and then was promoted to the position of assistant general manager. And then uh, when, when changes were made here and, and Sam had reached out with the opportunity, it felt like something that, uh, you know, was kind of a, a, a calling for a really long time and a chance to come back home. As a former pitcher, uh, it's uh, obviously close to your heart. What's the challenge to rebuild the major and minor league pitching system here? Uh, and is it how does it uh, now with what you expected coming in? Yeah, so I think I've I've been uh, pr pretty candid about the fact that uh, you know our our position player pool is is further advanced relative to to our our pitching development, and I think in order to develop a steady stream of pitchers that can contribute to major league wins at at Fenway Park, there are two really important components. One, of course, is the pitchers themselves, the talent that we have in the organization, but the other is the the infrastructure, the the support and resources around them, such that we are getting the most out of those guys, uh, because acquiring pitching, um, you know, especially acquiring young pitching, is really really unpredictable and so uh, you know one important way that you overcome that is to take as many shots on goal as you possibly can is the free agent market the trade market uh, is it tough is that fair to say uh, you, you talked to some of the fans last night they were expecting a big activity they haven't gotten it yet and Sam said famously we're not done yet um, how challenging has it been it is tough it's, it's challenging uh, you know to acquire impact players requires really really difficult decisions um, whether those decisions are throwing financial resources at, at a player or giving up prospect capital to, to get a player and uh, you know I think there is is a time when it makes sense to be super uncomfortable in making those decisions now we want to be as uncomfortable as we can without crossing over the line into being irresponsible um, but when 
you know, when the uh, the ability to add impact players externally lines up with the development of, of the homegrown talent, that's when I think you have a chance to, to build a winner that, that can compete for World Series championships year after year. I'm not sure if you heard the uh, two gentlemen who preceded you on the stage where they said that I asked about Cora, and they said, well, we hired Craig Breslow to deal with that, in so many words. <laughs> uh, they said that you are his boss and that you guys have begun your relationship, you know, recently. Mm -hmm. What would you say to Sox fans that are worried that Alex Cora is entering his walk year and, and he may not be here you know, much longer past this season? Yeah, I, I would start by saying that we're really lucky that Alex is the manager of the Boston Red Sox. When you think about the profile of, of, of you know, the modern manager, one who's really successful in this game, Alex embodies those characteristics and he's shown that he can win on the biggest stage. Uh, you know, having won a World Series championship here, not just as a player, but also as a manager. And I would say that it's really important that we establish a level of trust and, and accountability with each other. We've begun that. Uh, and I also think it's really important that we understand how each of us intends to operate through a season. There are certain things that you just can't replicate in December or January or February that come to light over the course of the season. Uh, Alex and I have a great relationship. The relationship is is building, and we'll have you know the, the conversations between each other uh, between ourselves at the appropriate time. So, just I uh, is there a potential that so it, what I gather from what you just said is that you kind of want to see how you work together before you commit long term. So, does that mean that there is the chance that that Alex does manage this season? without any adjustment made to the duration of his contract. Yeah, well, I think, I think you know, kind of stopping short of getting into the details, I think Alex and I are really comfortable with both our relationship and the situation. I think that's most important. Um, you know, it's, it's critical that that not become a distraction, and, and at this point I don't think it is. How do you get your young players, the core, which you guys are, you know, um, pleased with and you've got some up-and-comers as well, to take the next step? Is it feasible that... You know, the Bayos of the world, the Cassises can make a big jump this year. Or is that asking too much? No, I think I think it's important uh, that that they do. I think they have that expectation of themselves, and I think that uh, you know our success to a large degree is going to hinge on creating the environment around those players that enables them to take a step forward. So certainly, I'm sure if you were to ask every player, they they shoulder the burden of taking a step forward. But I think in my position and, and Alex and our, the rest of our coaching staff, what we can do is ensure that we're identifying the opportunities for growth for each of these players. We're building a plan around them. We're providing the support and resources, and we're monitoring and tracking the, the progress toward those goals. Uh, so we've spent, uh, you know, kind of broadly... We, uh, we, we spent the offseason, um, you know, focusing on that and more specifically over the last week. Uh, we've met with our staff. We've, um, we've talked through how we're going to build out those plans. Uh, we've met with our players and walked through them. So, uh, you know, I think there's a shared accountability here between us in, in the office and, and uh, the field staff to, to push our players to take a step forward. Do you feel pressure to win right away? Uh, is it... Uh yeah, I mean, I, I can speak to what it's like as a, as a player here. Uh, you know, fans rightfully expect uh, wins. I think that the bar has been set really, ha uh, really high, and, and, you know, I think the fans should hold us accountable to that standard, um, but the standard of both quality and consistency. So, you know, not uh, the season where we're wildly successful sandwich between last place finishes, but one where we can expect to sit atop the division year after year. Well, Craig Breslow, we welcome you to the EEI family here. And, uh, of course, Red Sox Nation knows you well. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you in Fort Myers, and I'm sure here in the next couple of weeks as things happen. We appreciate your time. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Craig Breslow Thanks, Craig. here at Winter Weekend at the Mass Mutual Center. We'll be right back. Alex Cora joins us shortly here on the Kenny Curtis Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WEI's coverage of Red Sox Winter Weekend, co-sponsored by McFarland Energy, the EL Harvey Companies, and by Aviva Trattoria. Kenny Curtis on location at the Mass Mutual Center. And the manager, Alex Cora, joins us. Hello, Alex. How's it going? We're good. We're good. You're still always the most popular guy here. Continu- <laughs> nah. It continues. <laughs> nah, nah, not really. Not Ken really. thinks this is about him, but uh, <laughs> uh, we were just talking right before we came on about Papelbon, and I noted that you were here in Boston for the, the, the coming out party, basically, at Papelbon with 07 and the World Series team, and that entry still may be the best entry. I know Enter Sandman and Mariano's got its own thing, but the shipping up to Boston and Papelbon coming into the ninth was pretty good. Last night, I think we we continued to see the evolution of a uh, Papelbon. That guy, uh, like that was a a unique experience last night. Uh, it was fun to be honest with you, and uh, just looking back at who he was with us and uh, what he did, and then see him on stage. At one point, I was like, "What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Is this serious?" But uh, very happy for him. Uh, I, I think all kidding aside, yeah, he did that, whatever. But for him to be around is is actually helpful for us. You know, if if you remember the way he started his career, he was a starter. Then he became closer. We got a few guys like that, right? Like right. we are like in between, right? Whitlock, Tanner, Crawford. So. <clears throat> Having him here, having him in spring training is going to help us just to talk to players and uh, make them better. Yeah, and I feel like Papelbon is as good of an example as could exist on why this is a great place to play yeah. and how you feed off the crowd. I've, I don't think I've ever seen a Red Sox player feed more off the energy of Fenway Park than Jim, Jim Papelbon and did. That, that's the thing that uh, I always tell the guys, you know, like, first, first things first, he embraces this, right? Like... You cannot be afraid of Fenway Park or, or Boston, you know, and uh, that's something I always talk to the players. Um, does it take a special guy to play in this in this market? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But if you enjoy this, you embrace the whole experience, you know, the, the good and the bad, whatever. Jim Rice said it best last year in a meeting, you know, it's not a tough play to play. It's actually fun, you know, and uh, when you make it fun, you know, uh, of course, winning, whatever, that's part of it, but... Um, you know, um, I try to tell the guys, embrace this just like Pap did, and uh, if you do that, you're going to be okay. Did you tell that to Craig Breslow? He, he played here, but did he know what he was in for in that chair going <laughs> going into last night of this weekend? 
I, I talked to him a little bit uh, actually two days ago, and uh, I think the message has been loud and clear where we at and where we going. Um, obviously, there's the message from on top, right, and our message on a daily basis, right? Uh, I had a meeting with some front office people and people from the staff, and uh, you know, Fenway Park. When when you walk those stairs, you know, going to the dugout, there's two things that dictate who we are, right? the scoreboard and that standings right and the standings tells you on a daily basis where you at you know the last two years it was very honest we were the worst team in the division 21 it tells us something else in 18 obviously you know it tells us who we were that year but you know it, it, it's a tough environment is it's hard because these people care that's the most important thing right like they if they boo you it's because they care they, they cheer you it's because they care and that's what i love about this and I think he has a pretty good idea, but, uh, you know, yesterday was, like, kind of like his first experience. But uh, Friday's past. Now we sign our graphs, uh, take pictures, and enjoy his experience and see where it takes. You know, I spoke with uh, Sam and, uh, and Tom a couple minutes ago and noted that, you know, we just had a Patriots season where Belichick was in the news from basically October until he's now a free agent about his future. And I, I, we interviewed Bill in the morning on Mondays, and I'd ask about his support from Kraft and ownership. And there was no real standing by him. It felt very distant. It felt like the relationship was coming to an end. And I think that may have impacted the season. I don't know. They weren't a great team either way. But with you, you are the biggest star on the team. Maybe you endeavors. <laughs> In terms of the fan reaction and the, and the support that you garner within the fan base, it's going to be odd for Red Sox fans to enter this year with you sort of hanging out there in the wind in a contract year. So how do you approach this, and is there any desire for you to have resolution before you guys head up from Fort Myers to start the regular season? Like, like I said yesterday, it would be very selfish from my part to talk about myself and my situation. I think, uh, obviously, the last two years had hit us right in front. You know, we, we, we haven't done the job. So my, my main goal is less Alex, more the Red Sox, more the players, and see what the future holds. Uh, I'm in a great place right now. Uh, the family has been very supportive. You know, Angelic and the boys, they know where we at. My daughter, she's loving it in Boston. And, uh, you know, I'm going to take it day by day. Enjoy the whole experience and whatever happens in the future happens in the future but i'm very happy where i'm at you know uh we still got the house in, in newton you know and uh there's no no sign that it's up for sale so uh <laughs> you know uh, i love this place i love everything that comes with it the highs and lows and uh you know it is a, a very unique place a place that um they gave me a chance at 17 they gave me a chance again after 20 after my mistake and uh let's see what the future holds there are some new pieces, Giolito and Tyler and Vaughn. How uh, involved were you in the collaboration with Craig to get those guys, and what, are, what are, will Red Sox fans be getting? Uh, I tell you what, um, you know, the group has done an amazing job uh, making presentations, showing the guys what we're all about. I'm very pleased with the pitching department. You know, Andrew has been ama amazing, refreshing. You know, uh, I think um, we're using all the resources now in, in that department, and, and hopefully it, it helps us to take the next step. Uh, Lucas was amazing. Um, I, I, I do believe, and whenever you know, um, we'll see him in spring training. I think we were the first team to talk to him, and we were very convincing from the get-go. Uh, with Vaughn, I saw him play in Puerto Rico. He was playing the Winter Bowl, not for the team that I helped, but uh, uh, very, very good player. Um, don't take me wrong. Don't take him to the extreme, but 
very Xander-like physically, you know, yeah. like 6'3", good-looking kid. He's going he's gonna to get stronger. I think he, he's going to be able to handle second base. Um, I do believe offensively we're more athletic. You know, we, we're going to impact the game not only from the plate but running the bases, uh, and, and, and we can do that. And pitching-wise, if we take a step forward, like I said yesterday, Crawford, Whitlock, Bayo, Hauk, then good things are going to happen. It, it really doesn't matter, you know, like – Everybody talks about Yamamoto and Otani, all those guys. Let's let's think, oh, they're with the Red Sox. But if those guys don't take a step forward, it didn't matter, right? So uh, this is who we are. This is what we got. We take a step forward. We get a chance. You know, the last two years we were one game back at the trading deadline, right? And we didn't finish the job, and hopefully this year we will. You are now the longest tenured coach <laughs> what a joke, huh? in Boston. <laughs> Isn't that wild? I mean, it is, it is, it is. It, it, uh, did you... I know you and Bill, different sports. I know you guys had interacted with the World Series championship celebration and the Patriots going to Fenway. Have you talked to him at all? And what does that no, mean yeah. to be the longest tenured coach uh, in Boston sports? I, ha- I haven't talked to him, uh, but um, it just, the way he went about it. Uh, I always said that uh, I wish one day I can sit here and, and, and answer questions the way he, he did, right? Yeah. Like be very blah, you know? <laughs> but now that's not me. But uh, the one thing that I admire and uh, from day one, you know, when I got here and I got to know him and, and start following the team, you know, and the way they go about their business until the, his last press conference that Sunday, talking about, no, this is what I do. Uh, we got to get ready for next year. Is a consistency, you know, and uh, talking to Joe. Well, we were at the complex uh, three days ago. Brad was there. Joe was there. We were talking about it. And, you know, that's what you want to accomplish as a head coach, as a manager, you know, consistency. And uh, I do feel sometimes with me, you know, you leave that roller coaster because we play every single day, right? It's, yeah. it's very tough to maintain that consistency like Bill, you know, and Brad. What? But um, he was amazing. Um, he will be amazing wherever he ends up, right? Uh, I wish him nothing but the best. And uh, I think now probably that he's going to be somewhere else, our communication will be a lot, not better, but it'll be more uh, consistent because – Obviously, he's away from this madness that we call Boston and, uh, you know, looking forward for many conversations and, uh, you know, he can help me out, you know, throughout the process. Cool. Tom Warner mentioned uh, when he was on the defense alone might have been 10 wins difference last year if, if things had gone right. Do you agree with that? And when you're in the middle of it, it was kind of spiraling. Is it, is it impossible to correct, whereas now in the off season you kind of approach it differently? Well, I mean, uh, the shortstop will help. Yeah, and, and we saw it at the last part of the season. Um, I think if Trevor plays 20, 30 more games, he, he wins the Gold Glove at shortstop, right? So he's going to help the third baseman to be better. He's going to have a young kid probably at second base. He's going to help him out. Uh, Tristan, with another year under his belt, I think in the second part of the season he was better. In the outfield, you know, Tyler, he's a Gold Glove winner. And uh, obviously Jaron, when he got hurt, he was playing uh, a lot better defense in left field. We'll see what happens in right, but we feel like Abreu, he can impact the game that way, just like Alex did last year. So um, we have to play defense. That's the most important thing, and uh, that's been the theme the last two or three years in spring training, and this year is going to be the same thing. Well, we appreciate your time. When that's you're it? Busy, that's it? Okay, cool. You know? The hard balls are coming in Fort Myers. Wiggy and Greg are all going to be down there. We'll be yep. grilling you. And, uh, it'll be fun. <laughs> Enjoy the crowd. Enjoy your time. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, okay, Alex. Alex Cora, manager of the Boston Red Sox. We will be right back after Joe B's trending.
The Rich Keefe Show, weeknights starting at 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. We shift from baseball to basketball as the Celtics are no longer undefeated at home. They fell to the reigning champion Nuggets 102-100. to Also broke a 27-game home winning streak dating back to last season. Jason Tatum had two chances to win it, but he missed a layup with 17 seconds to go and a jumper at the buzzer. Joe Mazzulla talked after the game. He still believes in Jason Tatum's shot selection. I mean, the best player has the ball and an opportunity, and he got uh, whether it was on two or three guys, he got a, a layup, and he just missed it. So, I mean, the balance is you trust your best player to make a play, and just didn't make it. Tatum finished with 22. Derek White was Boston's leading scorer with 24. Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic combined for 69 of Denver's 102. The season will now hit the road to face the Rockets in Houston tomorrow night. The Bruins are back on TD Garden Nice for a classic rivalry matchup with the Canadiens. Puck drop between Boston and Montreal is set for seven. The interviews continue to try and fill out Gerard Mayo's coaching staff. The Patriots will interview current defensive line coach Demarcus Covington for the vacant defensive coordinator position. And just breaking about 10 minutes ago from Jordan Ronan, former Giants special teams coordinator Thomas McGaughy will interview for the same position for the Patriots. Meanwhile, former head coach Bill Belichick officially completed a second interview with the Atlanta Falcons, and the Raiders officially removed the interim tag from Antonio Pierce, making them their new head coach. And staying in the NFL divisional round of the NFL playoffs gets underway today with the Texans taking on top-seeded Ravens, followed by the other number one seed 49ers hosting the Green Bay Packers. You can listen to Westwood One's coverage of both games right here on 93.7 WEI-FM, beginning at 4 p.m. following the Bradfoe Show. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. Wow, wow, wow. Busy first hour here on the Kenny Curtis Show from winter weekend in Springfield. You must be having a full fungo in your pants right now. <laughs> well, I like baseball. You, you do. It I is. like baseball talk. I can't help but get into some I of the... Up, I woke up this morning and I was like, I feel like baseball. Right. Right. And Bradfoe's here. He's got his books for sale. Brad, yep. baseball isn't boring. He's on after us. Yep. How can you, you not get swept you know up in it? Bradford reminds me of... Did you see Wayne's World? Of course. You know the scene where Dana Carvey is like holding a... Co- a uh, Doritos while eating a Pizza Hut, drinking a Gatorade. <laughs> That's who I think of with Bradford. Yeah, he's something. He'll be on later. But how about with those interviews we just had? Now, we had Tom Werner, Sam Kennedy, uh, Craig Breslow, and Alex Cora all bing, bang, boom. Do you want to hear my honest feelings? Yep. Okay, I think Craig Breslow would like to get off the ride. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed a little nervous. I think last night shook him a little bit. Yeah. It was it, my, you know. Yeah, it was like me after I went on those. Like, remember those uh, carnival rides where you get stuck to the wall and you go around and around <laughs> yeah, and around. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's sort of what he looked like. Uh, God, I saw heaven. a kid get sick on one of those. <laughs> Boy, did he get thrown right under the bus by Sam and Tom? What? All core questions go to his boss, Craig Breslow. That so did I? I didn't mishear that right. Basically, Tom Warner and Sam Kennedy told us Cora's fate is in Breslow's hands. Right. What was the story last year with with Heim and Cora? They didn't get along, although... And that Heim, that Cora fancied himself more of a GM than a, just a manager. So now you're telling me that you hired a guy to take that role entirely? It doesn't sound great. So it feels like Cora, candidly, seems very happy to be going into this year without a contract. You saw the story, who was it, Buster, I don't know, a month ago, Nightingale, somebody tweeted that. Cora could be seeing the highest rate of any manager in baseball when he's a free agent. He'll do very well for himself. He also was good on TV. You know, he can do a million different things. So he doesn't need to be here. For, for the story to be that Craig Breslow wants to see how he and Alex work together through the course of the year. But that kind of makes sense to me to, a, to an extent. At least, like, but, if, but before the year begins, I think you've got to make a call on that. 
but he didn't. That's not before the year begins. He's talking about you know the regular baseball season. He's not talking about Fort Myers. Yeah. I, so I mean, maybe. listen, I, I I believe that Alex Cora will finish this year and be a free agent. I don't believe wow. that they're going to extend him, <laughs> and then they'll. See that's not going to go over well. But I mean, what's the downside if they, if he if he, if they're kicking ass? Then Cora says, "Fine, you know, let's keep winning, and we'll figure it out at the end of the year." And if well, they the, stink, then it's not going to be like there's more clamoring for core to be retained long term. Well, no, but the downside is they're kind of telling you we're a year away. we got to build the core up before we go out and sign a big free agent. But if that's the case, but then that you lose but, the manager next year. But, but, like, it wasn't really my place to be incredibly adversarial. You know, we're here as a guest of the Red Sox. On you're here, and you're, you know, get nervous about those things. So, But the if you're in last place, then you should have more incentive to sign a top-end free agent, not less. Like that's like you're saying, Brady was better off leaving because they wouldn't have won here. They would have won a lot more games here. It would have been more entertaining to watch. You would have had playoff games instead of having the season be over before Thanksgiving. Playoff it, games. It, he lost his last playoff game here. He threw an interception on purpose. Right. It remember was when? A disaster. Remember when a 12-win season was bad? Uh, let me help you out here. The Patriots never won 12 before Tom. Haven't won 12 since. All right. Let's anyway, not, let's not make this a Brady show. But it's very simple that the Red Sox would be well served. Why wouldn't you do the Shohei deal? Give me one reason why you wouldn't do that. Well, why wouldn't you sign Cora? But but let's fo- let's focus on Shohei first. The money's all deferred. If in yeah. eight years you sell the company, all the money that you get the today value of Shohei while paying him a fraction of his market value. Okay, but Werner said full throttle, right? Okay, but that was a mistake. But I think they must... To be fair, does Tom Werner look like a guy that drives a lot? <laughs> sure he does. Okay, I, I I think he has someone do that. Okay, fine. But anyway, he said it. I think they thought they really had a chance, and then they got in there. They got in the room. But that's that's more of a negative if you don't understand the marketplace. I, but I think that's the case. And that, and then now he's got to walk back full throttle. And right. that's become kind of the defining thing of the offseason. Was David Price overpaid? Yes. They, mm. they, he was given a contract that they ended up having to pay more at the end. Would you today, if you're John Henry, would you view that as a successful deal? Yeah, totally success. So, yeah, that's but, the but, world but, you live in. But Chris Sale, they view as a disaster. Manny Ramirez was put on irrevocable waivers before he was done his career here. Yeah, eight years, one sixty. Do it a thousand times over. Great contract. Almost every one of those deals, whether it's Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, Chris Sale, whomever, David Price, Carl Crawford, they all get paid by other teams at the end. But you pay the premium to win now. Yeah. And to legitimize a team that, yes, the farm system's improved. Yes, you have, you know, whatever. You have a good manager. You have a Andrew Bailey. Who knows? You know, whatever. You have a good pitching coach. Who, all those other things. Defense, that's what bad teams talk about. <laughs> if they talk about how if our defense is better, we'll win eight more games. No, their defense was a disaster. Okay. It was terrible. So, awesome. Like, uh, let's, I mean, they had to fix that. Right, but you, you can do more than one thing. All right. Kennedy said we're not done. I'm going to hold him to that. Well, you, who was the guy, Jordan Montgomery, you had them signing? Yes, he's still out there. Let's lose guy. Lou, by the way, will join us 11-15. Lou Merloni. And then Pedro. Pedro, I cannot wait. Uh, I'm going to be Chris Farley interviewing Paul McCartney with Pedro. All right. We've got to take a break. we got to catch up. So, But overall assessment, what you just heard. Uh, here's what I would say. The fans Cor- that were the Cor- fans- a lame duck. He's gone. Right. Unless they win. The fans that were here last night were heard. What we saw today was a core that had been rattled once again <laughs> by the fans that allowed themselves to be heard last night. Well, that's good. That's yeah. Red Sox fans, passion. You know what, you know what John Dennis says? The enemy of hate is not, enemy of love is not hate. It is indifference. Okay, well said by Dino, and that's true. Yep. But 
It might not have been his quote entirely. He probably took it. But do you think they're really ready to go into the year? Because if they, if they don't contend, it could get ugly with Alex in the last well, year. Well, that was deal. last night. I mean, Why? That could be like half a year. Well, I mean, would you rather that or half the people last night be Rays fans like it was Jays <laughs> fans at Fenway Park? All right, Ken and Curtis, we are at Winter Weekends, and we will be back with Lou Merloni and Pedro Martinez in the 11 o'clock hour here. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.